Welcome, welcome, welcome to Grim After Dark, the Frontline Gaming Network's weekly interview show where we hit the high points of the last week in the Warhammer community, talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the one thing we all love, Warhammer. Uh, before we get started, uh, Seth, uh, Signals from the Frontline co-host, uh, made a lot of fun of my shirt last week, said my shirt game was really weak. Uh, he was nice enough to send me this amazing shirt, uh, which is great. So thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to wear this all episode in honor of your orcness so i really appreciate that we get this on <laughs> who knew a t-shirt would be so difficult holy cow uh tonight's guest wants to turn beer cans into turbine assault drills uh mitch palin from the best in faction podcast is going to join us a little later on but first my co-host as always needs some introduction uh he's idaho's yeah. favorite son uh Recently, he competed at the Harbor Heresy GT, finishing 11th out of overall out of 50 players, going 3-0 day one until he realized how years of being stuck in Alaska really dulled his blade as a player. Uh, it's Danny McDevitt. Danny, how are you doing? Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, like I said, what do you think of this wonderful shirt that uh, that I got from, from little old Sethy there? What shirt? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Uh, something I want to bring up here. Uh, today, Danny, a hurtful, yeah. spiteful individual who must oh. have received zero love as a child um, yeah, of course. and has nothing to look forward to as an adult, uh, made this here today to coincide with the Imperial Armor FAQ. Uh, he made uh, a little fake FAQ saying that the contemptors what is, have, is well, even <laughs> this right here. I think uh, producer Val has accidentally put on screen the brand new promo shots for signals from the front line. Oh man. Um, so yeah. So we have like Seth on the left, Shelby kicker, the, the squirtle squad signals. Uh, that's going to be yeah. the official new name of the podcast uh, relaunch happening this week. Well, it's um, cool that Seth is letting the squirtle nickname kind of translate to the other, yeah. to the other guests or the other hosts too. You know, squirtle he was known as squirtle. signals yeah. boss. Yeah. That's right. That's uh, how he's going to introduce himself in the future now. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, I thought it was just because of the incontinence problems, John. <laughs> Usually it's me who lowers this down here. I'm just saying. And uh, you've, you've, you've changed in the last couple of months in the move. Uh, uh, but yeah, so so Ennis Wilson, hateful, spiteful little individual that he is, uh, created a Very fake FAQ so. saying that uh, contemptors, relic contemptor dreadnoughts, lost the core keyword, uh, which I had like a billion people raising in joy at the thought of that. Um, even though it's fake, I got super excited. Danny, do you think like removing core from contemptor would actually fix the entire contemptor issue? I mean, not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> just just some of it but right? some of it yeah probably <laughs> it's a good start. and like the way i saw it there i was like oh man that's a really good start uh yeah. but yeah no it was just a hateful spiteful little team captain yeah um, hey sorry no. i keep turning into mitch like it's just a phase <laughs> i'm going through so just bear with me please i think we all go through our basic mitch phase it's fine <laughs> A basic Mitch phase. Wow. Yeah. 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 Jesus it, Christ. That's a, that's a far better title. But but we, we work through it. It's it's good. We're, we're getting there. Um, hey, 
It's my weekly reminder. Uh, Black oh. Templars are awful, Danny. Uh, this week, the yeah. Emperor's Champion. Uh, this is the Warhammer Community article is stating here, and you can find it on the Warhammer Community site. Uh, he only seeks the worthiest of adversaries to meet his blade. So if you're just mm-hmm. a piece of He's not going to attack you, uh, is what I'm reading into this. So he's impervious to demon Primarchs, uh, but just be a guardsman, straight up dead. What are your takes on this terrible model? His model is terrible. Wait, hold on. So by best, do you mean like are you are you making this into a morality question? Is that like is that how you're is that how you're labeling best and not best since? Well, that's sorry. I don't mean to explain the joke for you, John, but this did this this here. (laughs) Did I make it funnier? Emperor, no. Well, anything literally, anything (laughs) makes it funny. Let's be real honest here. Um, The emperor champion, like I said, he only seeks the worthiest of adversary uh, of (laughs) enemies. When it says, I can't say that word for some reason right now. Uh, So, does that mean does he do homework? Does he like look at the opposing team or opposing army to figure out who he's got to go fight and find? Or is he does just wander aimlessly around the battlefield waiting for someone to be like, well, he looks pretty good. It just seems like a really bad situation or, or a tactic for a guy to be in. Worryingly fetishized paint guru Duncan Rhodes uh, launched his own paint line today or this week via Kickstarter, asking for a huge 50,000 United States dollars about it. Uh, and now he's actually sitting at over a million dollars US, or as Val is showing here, 1.3 million in fake dollars, uh, which is a crazy amount to raise for a pain line there. Um, it's been hugely successful. Uh, and as Games Workshop desperately tries to concoct plastic that repels this new pain line, uh, we are left with this really great system. I don't know if you guys have a chance to check out the Kickstarter. But uh, I'm a big fan. And the way it's laid out, you know, you have your, your base, your, your mid, and your highlight. It's a really nice overall thing. You guys probably already backed it. If you're not, take a look at it. Uh, it'd be quite fantastic. Danny, what do you think of the Duncan Rhodes paint line? All right. So Duncan Rhodes. Yeah. What a guy, first of all. Thank God for uh, showing us. A super nice guy. Really nice in person. Um, thank God he started a Kickstarter. And uh, paint line seems pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, we're all rooting for him, I think, to succeed. I think that that's really cool for him. Um, and it seems like it's it's been pretty successful so far. Um, I personally haven't put in for it yet, um, but I'm thinking about it. We'll see. I don't know. I have a lot of paint, so it's kind of hard for me to, to throw down that much, like, all in one go on paint. But, totally. yeah, fair. I hope it works uh, out for him. And Care Quinn, as he says in chat, it's like a cult. I did start the bit by saying he's worryingly fetishized by the community to the point where I, you know, people should do wellness checks and, and make sure he's not followed home from tournaments and events. <sighs> Great. Great to have you back for that insight there, Danny. Do you think he gets that. sent a lot of dick pics, John? Well, he's no Black Library author, let's just say. Um, and I am sorry all for right, all of our Aaron Dembski Bowden fans that, that we don't have a bit lined up for Aaron Dembski Bowden this week. Very worryingly, he did tweet out that um, that it's really super easy to be negative and content creators are just getting off and making like negative things pretty much. Uh, and I responded with, I thought, a cheeky little funny. To be fair, we said nice things as well. And he liked that. Uh, and that confuses me and concerns me. Uh, that's a little too on the radar for where I actually want to be on that. 
Unlike yeah. now, right? Before you uh, have no radar. No, for sure. Because you're invisible. Exactly. Well, part, partly. Stealth partly. on tonight. Hey, I'm an open book. You can see right through me. That, that's all that matters. Uh, hey, looking for more frontline gaming majors? Uh, the New Orleans Open is coming up, and tickets will be available very, very soon. Uh, the next in a long line of the majors, New Orleans promises to be one of the biggest frontline gaming events with your favorite games workshop systems and even some Star Wars represented. Uh, when asked for a comment, FLG Overlord Reese, seen here distributing beads to Express Pass holders, said, I don't care what you say. I don't count Alaska as being part of the continental United States. Uh, so the New Orleans Open oh. is coming soon. Keep your eyes and ears peeled to all things Frontlines for more details. Mm. I'm going to send Beautiful. Reese a fucking map, I'll tell you that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm very... Uh, that continental versus contiguous thing is just gets me every time. Like, And I will I say, just... I did recently check the website. They still don't <laughs> offer shipping outside of the continental United States. I still have several emails. Oh, my God. Why Alaska is part of the continental United States. Contiguous is the yes. word you're looking for, I believe. Dang. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Daddy... Before we introduce our guest, GW released uh, an actual roadmap here, and I think producer Val is going to pull this up on the screen here. I know we made fun of the the one that they released before. Uh, we'll where see. This is their new oh, roadmap hey. that we have. Oh, uh, it's a road. Yeah, it's a literal road. The bottom half here, uh, the, the end of 7th edition, the perfect, beautiful start of 8th edition uh, to sort of what we're seeing now. Uh, were some of the same problems we're seeing then of seven. What are your thoughts? And if you could succinctly, maybe in like a sentence or like maybe a couple words, what's the current state of 40K? Well, you mean like on this road? Because it looks like it just goes into the into the slum down there. Um, so I don't know if that's good or not. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, I think that the, I think that if you think that the beginning of eighth was super great, then you've got on some really heavily tinted rose colored glasses because imagine a world without stratagems and that was the world that you lived in. Oh, I got 12 command points for rerolls. This is the best ever. <laughs> going to reroll so many charges and individual shots. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we got this. It's perfect. We do. Yeah. We do. Okay. Danny, why don't you take us away? Introduce our guest properly while okay, I squeeze sure. out of this uh, very see-through shirt. You're going to take off your shirt, John? All right. Anyway, so tonight uh, we've got on a very special guest, uh, very near and dear to my heart, my good friend. Um, he's a perennial uh, member of the Legion um, uh, Warhammer Club. Um, you might know him best from things like uh, 12 Hellhounds or 16 Hellhounds. Or 15 hellhounds. <laughs> also the Castellan. Yeah, that was that was him too, guys. So thank him for that. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and now uh, kind of not retired as a, as a tournament player, but kind of stepped back for a minute, took a tick, started doing a bunch of judging, and he's a judge. Now we have Mitch Pelham joining us today. Hey, guys. Mitch, Hi. it's so good to have you, buddy. I am thrilled to be here. Honestly, like I, it, um, for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, we're friends. Um, we got to hang out at, L at an LVO. Um, Danny and I uh, shared a room. We just got linked up, but he had someone drop out and just worked out. 
Um, and ever since then, I'm just like, I need more of these guys in my life. I mean, maybe not John all the time, but sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, but no, no and, then, and, then, telling you that. And, and, and then I kept, I like, I became a Patreon of your other podcast. And I'm like, hey, when are you going to re- review Call's work? I need a Taylor. Whoa. Hey, I got to say, the Frontline Gaming Network style guide says that I cannot promote any other podcast, such as Mob Rules, found wherever good podcasts are produced and released. I can't do it. <laughs> it says it. That's fair. No. Um, yeah. Don't so, listen to Mob Rules ever. So, <laughs> or watch their YouTube channel of the same name, but not the Swedish metal band. <laughs> Sorry, so, Mitch. No, seriously though, as a fan, I was really excited about this show, and I hear, I see the set, and I'm like, oh, you got the Space Ghost Coast to Coast thing going on, like this is amazing. But honestly, I feel like you guys have really ended up at much more of a late, late show with Craig Ferguson sort of format, you know, like Scottish host, you know, flirty but not always charming, sometimes creepy, you know, animatronic <laughs> giggling gay skeleton as a sidekick, Taylor and two guys in a horse suit are really like indistinguishable. Like, I feel like you guys have owe Craig Ferguson a lot and maybe an apology or some, at least some sort of like, like fee. Not as much as NBC owes him. That's, that's all I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say. Maybe we'll send him a fruit basket. <laughs> but no, well, uh, that's a compliment because it is my favorite late show of all time. Um, yeah, it, it is. It, no, I, I am thrilled to be here and, uh, I'm yeah. Uh, the only my other my one other criticism is the known oil barrel behind John. It is in inaccurate state of how known oil is stored. So <laughs> just, wow. just just pointing it out. It bothers me every time I watch. Um, there was some art issues with the the water cups over here. Uh, they kept knocking things, like including the known oil barrel. So we had to really fix that. Uh-huh. Not much for things being nudged. So sure. So it's really a management well, right? issue. I got you. Got yeah, it. for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely blame the producers. I mean, yeah. that's what they're there All for, of right? All of them, yeah. So, Mitch, <laughs> you've been a player for, like, a, a very, very long time. Yeah, um, I've been playing for just about nine years, um, almost, right, right around there now. Uh, and competitively, uh, I played as a kid, but my family was too poor and too religious to let me play 40 K or to oh, buy me wow. models at least. So I played it with Legos with my friends. Um, they had 40 K I had Legos, so, uh, that's fine. Legos are expensive too. I felt okay about it. Um, <laughs> and just a satanic, that's, that's what people don't realize. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just a lot more physical pain. It's different. Um, but no, uh, so I've been. I I I I was working at a game store. They didn't have any. The person who had like interacted with the 40k community had quit, and I had just started. And they're like, "Hey, we need someone to you know engage with this community, really try and make sure events in the community, you know, like people keep it coming to our store, buying our stuff, and having a good time." Um, and I'm like, "That sounds like something I would love to do." Said childhood me inside me being like, "That's right, f- my parents. I get to do this now." Um, <laughs> No, um, it was it That's was that. bizarre that like your store would be like, hey, you've started working here. Here's your minimum wage. Thank yeah. you, by the way. I really appreciate that. Also, I need you to invest heavily into this game system uh, to encourage other people to do it, too. Uh, and spend at least several thousand dollars on these models. Regardless, so I think it's a great business model. 
it, it, it would be if I didn't get them at cost, which is why I have such a large Grey Knights collection, because they're what I started with. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I started playing Grey Knights then, um, and uh, that was in 7th edition. And it's just, I that was back in Boise, and then I moved up here, got linked to the Legion, met Chuck, Colin, Zach, and everyone else, you know, like who just turned out to be this like phenomenally intense play group. And we were, we've, we, they've, they've gone on to succeed while I have been judging um, due to uh, met like, like, like medical uh, issues that prevented me from being able to play for a while. So I'm, but I'm back. So it's all great. That's awesome. I'm tearing up. We're the happy tables. to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. For Thank sure. you. Thank you. I, it's a, uh, it's a, I hadn't played for almost three years, um, like uh, outside of charity hammer or anything like that. And so to be back in and, and, and like in the mix competitively, there's a lot of like different feelings that come with that. Um, there's a lot of like excitement and a lot of nervousness of like, well, man, you had this reputation. Are you going to be able to live, live up to that anymore? Like, you no. you know, no, definitely not. Um, that's okay. Like I have other reputations I can definitely live up to. It's just because they're lower. Um, the, uh, the, the community has been phenomenal for me in my recovery from my injury. Um, so being able to get back into it is, it's like immersing yourself in this thing that you had used as a crutch to just keep you going for a while. Um, because lots of other things are hard in your life and, and this gives you joy and you enjoy it and you have so many great friends and it's a positive thing. Um, being able to give back to that as a judge while I was leaning on that community me meant a lot to me. And now being able to play again and engage again after so long um, and, and it being such a fixture in my life for so long um, and not being able to really compete and, and like, and, and not uh, engage with that side of myself. Um, like this was my first real GT back, like outside of a team tournament and stuff. And it was just amazing. It was, it was phenomenal to be back. It's, it's really, really great to be back in this community of amazing people. Well, let's pull that back a little bit. And sure. I know Danny, I know you're super excited too, to have Mitch back as a player. Let's ignore that stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. So the judging. So you judged for years and you were like a teal for years, right? Yeah, it's been about three and a, about three years. I, I had started exploring judging before my injury, and then I really dove into it when I couldn't play. So, yeah. And Danny, I know you and you I describe yourself as a judge. Events. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, no, go. Yours is way more better than mine. We'll oh, cut that. <laughs> in post. False. Uh, <laughs> how would you describe yourself as a judge, Mitch? Um, protective would probably be the word I okay. use. Um. So I've played competitive 40K, you know, all the way up to, you know, like the, you know, uh, like high level LVO. Like I, I've done everything. Like I've played everything from like the tiny R uh, RTT that we're just trying to get enough players to have eight to all the way up. And the thing that I, th I think about most is when someone comes to a tournament, they're committing either a day or a weekend. And if it's a major, mm -hmm. they're committing three or four days. And free time is precious, right? Like there is no resource more precious than someone's free time. So if someone is going to come to my event Gold. and spend their free time, I want it to be worth their while. I want it to be something they enjoy and I want it to be something they remember. I want it to be an experience. Sure. And 
so anytime I encounter anyone working in a direction that contradicts that, I am very protective um, of, 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 of the player fun. I, I, I don't like uh, the... I love competitive 40k. I am as competitive as they come. It's very hard to turn off and I get that. But there are there there's a difference between being competitive and and sacrificing someone else's enjoyment of the game for an edge. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that that's the kind of line I really try to walk is like cool, you're competitive. I I don't care how smash mouth your list is. I don't care how broken it is. Mm-hmm. If it's legal, that's fine. If you are if you aren't doing everything you can to make sure your opponent is having the best time they can while you wreck them. And that's also fine. You don't have to do everything, but if you are actively doing anything to make them feel bad, I have a problem, right? Like, like you don't, you, you, you don't get to do both of those things. Like if someone brings, you know, guard to a tournament right now, they can complain some, I'm fine with that. They can be a little salty, whatever. Right. Like their codex, like I'm a guard player. I got salt. I, I can relate to that. Uh, I don't. Like I don't. Dirty hellhounds. Sure. Well, no. <laughs> I, I sold off. I have only got nine. Um, the rest have been sold off for posterity, and by posterity, I mean six red knights. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, no. The chat did just point out we had it mentioned dread knights and how that was a fishy title. We've now officially mentioned dread. There you so go, we'll guys. Never... So we're going to ignore that yeah. and go back to what we were talking yep. about. So enjoy yeah. that chat. Um, no. So the uh that as a judge i feel like that's the like so that's one of the most important things to me the other thing i think i probably am a, a little bit more intentional on is um i'm i, I really want to make sure my my players understand why my ruling is what it is i try i, I don't like mm-hmm. to just give a ruling and not explain it if, if i'm busy i might do that but i try to maybe find that player later later and explain why it is what it is because if you educate your player base you don't have the, the problems again. They will take that knowledge and apply it to different rule scenarios, understanding the philosophy of what at least the TO that they're playing around regularly is ruling at. at. Like, and, and obviously people can interpret things differently, but that's the, the, the education part is really important because it also makes for better tournament players who are better opponents and less yeah. gotchas and less feel bads. And it just makes everything better. So I, I really like to do that when I have sure. the time, but like at LVO, you have no time, right? Like no. you are just doing the things and I might get a chance to do that, you know, some of the time, but most of the time it's just the next call, the next call, the next call. And most of them are just rules questions. It's not like an actual controversy. It's just, there's a lot of them and you know, there's only so, so many of us. But at, so, yeah. at anything smaller, I try to do that. Yeah, and just to kind of jump in there, like you just kind of mentioned, as being a judge at LVO, um, which like how many players attended LVO when when you were helping judge that there? Um, so I've helped judge two years, and uh, so it was 2018 and 2019, or the 2020. So those were large yeah, years. The, the, the two biggest years. So 2019 how, and 2020, technically, because it was how January. does that even work? Like a sort of a judge team to be like, OK, there's like literally like a like a 20, 30 to one ratio on people or tables to questions. Uh, like, how does that that, that work overall? Yeah. Like now that just blows my mind. Sure. So um, I will I um, I'm no longer I, I don't think I'm the newest um, like person on the LVO, like the, the LVO champs judge team. Um, but I, I, I was until very recently, I think. So I, what happened was because I wasn't able to play for uh, 2019, I, I still went. I had the ticket. Um, 
and one of the judges didn't show up and um uh one of the ju- one of the other judges uh adam asked me if i wanted to do it it was like it was it was saturday morning i think so like i, I didn't judge friday at all and i'm like oh sure and they gave me like a 2xl shirt because it was for the other guy and i'm like okay this is my giant judge shirt i'm just gonna <laughs> rock it um uh and I was able to, I, like, I judged um, Pajama Pants versus Alex Harrison and some of the finals games and some, like, really, really intense games. And it was a really, like, trial by fire. I'd only run uh, a couple GTs in a major, I think, before that, um, you know, like, of any, like, significance. So yeah. so it was, it was, it, but, but, and, and then afterwards, um, and then afterwards, they told me that was basically my, like, audition. That that this this LVO was them seeing how I did and mm-hmm. and how and how how I handled myself and they asked me to come back the next year, um and and they have asked me to come back since it's just there's been no LVO, um this is the way it it's goes. Awful convenient that the ones yeah. that asked you back for it didn't happen. I know. I mean, hey, don't like my, my subconscious does enough of of what you're doing right now. I don't need your help. Uh, no. Um, so the next year, um, I come and. Uh, at that point i'm i'm considered a fully fledged judge so we we don't have a uh at that point it may change in the future i don't know what the structure um moving forward is as the event gets bigger and bigger um uh at that point all of the lvo judges the actual grand champs judges were of the mm-hmm. same level so our mm-hmm. rulings were final and you couldn't like like we might ask another judge for for his opinion and and if he's like oh no this is why that's wrong we change our but like there was no head judge to to call for right and we don't like that's not necessary and and that's intentional because if someone perceives that there is a manager they can ask for every karen asks for the manager right so if there is if, if every ruling is final then that that eliminates that now obviously that puts a lot of pressure on the judges to get your rulings right. Um, but we do a lot of coordination beforehand and have a document of like, so we're trying to be as consistent as possible. Uh, but that doesn't change the weird screwball questions you get asked and stuff like that. Um, that was, did you weird- have anyone oh. asked to talk to your manager? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, and the- so here's a question that's related to that, Mitch. Sorry, okay. to, I don't want to totally no, screw no, up your track it. here. Uh, but we got a good question from the chat that I think is pretty relatable. We have Tomodachi Express asking, do the judges have a meeting beforehand so all the rulings are consistent or talk after making a ruling so that future rulings are consistent? We try to do that as much as possible. But when mm-hmm. someone asks you, hey, when this when X flying vehicle sits on this crate to make this charge and you make a ruling, like we can't relay how we're ruling the crate, you know, Raider Mm -hmm. charge scenario. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of one-off things or two off things you get asked. And if, if we are able to, we can all of the major stuff. We try to do that beforehand and have some consensus. And the last LVO, we actually put it out, put out a judge's FAQ for a lot of the, the the questionable rules, like how we were ruling them. So people knew. Um, So that like, we, we want it to be as clear as possible for players. We, it's not about, like no judge or TO likes giving a yellow card or likes like giving a red card. You're taking away someone's fun. Yeah. You're taking away someone's community. It's never fun. It, like, like you might, you might look back at it and be like, that was the right decision. That guy was a tool, but you do not, it, it is never a fun experience and it's never something you're looking forward to or you want to do. Yeah. Um, so right, have right. you had kind of people like, 
you you've given your ruling you're like no this is how this works like literally chase you down after the game and be like hey 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 and they have like 15 books open and a tablet open to the faq yeah and they have like a whiteboard with the cross reference there more or less yes yes i have um like i i've had i've had people like explain to me why the, the ruling was this and i'm like well cool you didn't have your FAQ <laughs> with you so I can't read it if you don't have it, which you're required to have. So my ruling is for the material you presented me for the army you are playing. So I'm sorry that you didn't have your FAQ. That's not my problem. Um, like the, the, there has to be player accountability for rules. Like if you, when a judge comes up to a table, like at, at LVO, I might have two minutes for you. And that's not, that's not like me being like, Oh, I'm so important. That's, just the math of how many tables you have. It's just a side effect right? of the yeah. math. Right. Like, like that, like I only have so much time and some, and, and statistically some rules calls are going to take longer than others. So when you call a judge to your table, have your FAQ out, have your book out, have it open to the page you're trying to reference. Don't have it on the table. Like their time is valuable because they're serving a lot more people. They aren't just there for your game. Right. Like, so that's the issue, right? Is I have like you can tell me, oh, you didn't know about X, Y, Z, like ruling in this, yeah. you know, a campaign book fact, and I'm like, okay, great, man. If you knew about it, then you should have had it if you thought it was relevant. I can't help you like find your own rules. I, I need you to know them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and that's not, and, and, and like, let me be clear. If I'm coming up to someone and they're and they're very clearly a new player, my attitude is entirely different. But at the same time, their questions are usually pretty easily answered. They're not asking me how a heroic intervention interacts with the five inch, you know, height of combat and like, well, but diagonal or should it be just horizontal because he has flat like like that? I don't get those questions from those people, so they don't get the same treatment. Right. They're asking me, hey, I don't know how like like can I advance out of this transport? And like, that's a much easier question. (laughs) like, like well, oh, one, yeah, one, I got to say, KR Quinn, I'm not going to ask that. I'm going to be a useless corporate chill. Uh, and then Danny, do you notice like the sheer passion? And I, I fear for Mitch's desk at this point here. Oh, with like the, oh, with the fist banging? It, that's He's just a powerful speaker. That's those, <laughs> yeah. those, I have hand gestures and have you, I, yeah. literally just this. It's no, it's, it's, it's no, really make, important. Hey, You're a powerful you speaker, this. Mitch. Oh, you well, speak you. with your hands and use your fists, just like Mussolini. Wow. Okay. There was a real <laughs> to that compliment, and I feel very differently oh. about you now. College yeah. has changed you. Law school has changed you. Hey, for look, no reason. I'm going to pull this shirt back out. I'm just kind of. <laughs> I'm going to ask the question that John wouldn't. And who's the worst player you had to judge, and why is it me? Um. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> that so i could answer that question um and I, and there wouldn't be one answer there's like a tier of players right? <laughs> it's all of you all you know who you are and, yeah and all just, the worst well no no I, and i know you're kidding but like let me be clear for anyone out there who's perpetrating any sort of sketchy thing warhammer 40k is a game played by literal rocket scientists if you think they aren't <laughs> going to remember the sh- you pull and it's not going to eventually catch up to you 
you are wrong. These are you play against very smart people who are paying just as much attention to the game as you are. Not every single person, but they are there. And if you develop the habits of trying to get away with things, it will it will it will go poorly for you. Um <laughs> well, what I was going to say, that sounds very similar to the speech Neo gave the machines at the end of the Matrix. Uh, that is that's all, all i want to say on that i haven't one. seen the new trailer yet so i'm not relevant on this topic, oh my gosh it's so good we should all stop podcasting and just go watch that for 20 minutes if i'm going to be completely honest with you here um <laughs> someone said it's me and i'm not from texas mitch has also been the judge who has come to every table i've been in at lvo when someone had a question uh that's so. uh, tyler a yeah oh yeah 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 so obviously the worst person and again again <laughs> uh so you you kind of got your trial uh you got your 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 kind of pledge judge shirt yep. which was like 15 yep. sizes the hazing was brutal but i can't go into it there's any did they did they ever replace oh. that shirt for you or did they just kind no, of they did like, they did i have i have i have one giant one and two smaller ones that actually fit. oh nice so, so you're covered if if anything terrible happens like during the pandemic like, oh i'll be fine because i still have this judge shirt well, so I have the, this night shirt. The funny, <laughs> the funny thing is, is I, I wear suspenders when I'm a, when I'm judging and it, it has nothing to do with um, like fashion or anything. It's just a belt hurts my back if I'm on my feet for that long. So mm-hmm. I just wear suspenders. So it makes me very easy to pick out as a judge because I'm certainly the only one. Um, but the 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 judge's shirt is not a uh, it's a very synthetic material and not as wicking as you might want um, is it velour so- <laughs> <laughs> that's judges Can underwear it be? Again, i can't uh, get it oh, okay okay stop it Reseal, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> i just want the judges shirt now to be like the same level of complexity as like the team player shirts that you get so like oh, yeah. you know, yeah, like you have the art of war ones where oh, yeah. it has like the, the two headed flamingo and things, and everyone has like we we talked about this with Thomas Bird last week. They're they're pro tabletop shirts that are all like, you know, faded and amazing. It's not a judge shirt like that now that's gonna make them look like I've got my charity athletes. hammer jersey I wear uh the at uh the second day of every event. Nice. Because obviously we talked about this last week. You can't wear one shirt two days in a row because that's disgusting. And a yellow card for hygiene, I believe. Yeah, they, uh, it I was can... funny that you just assumed we would just wear those twice. Yeah, dude, I can barely wear a shirt yeah. for one round. So, like, <laughs> I can't imagine. Uh, Danny, I gotta say, I, I was disappointed in the dampness. So, I was oh, gonna say, moistness back... was, the moistness was not the saturation point I expected. I brought my moisture meter. I'm a contractor. I know what this is about. <laughs> like, I'm only mildly and, mildewy. <laughs> well, there was some black mold I wanted to warn you about later, but I guess we're just going to do it in public. But, uh, ouch. Oh, uh, so it, it's you, okay. As long as you don't breathe it, touch it, taste it, or have it on your skin, which is where it is. Um, you're probably fine. That's a pretty good set of rules for any competitive Warhammer player. Uh, <laughs> not even mold. Um, yeah, you should no. just follow that and you'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, that's a good guideline. It's fair. Something that was picked up on that we're going to circle back on, you got pulled off the sidelines of LVO to come and judge, right? And it was yep. a 2019 year LVO. Yep. Um, uh, hey, so at LVO 2019, wow. wasn't your first table Jeff Robinson versus Aaron Long? Oddly <laughs> enough, you know... 
I can't remember. I don't think it was. No. Maybe. Okay. Okay. No? Awesome. I, <laughs> oh, I'm I, this, I, I'm I actually said for it. <laughs> no, um, I uh the problem is is that was on Friday and I wasn't judging then. Yeah. Mm. Oh, because yeah, you were enjoying the sights and sounds. Yep. And then chat, they're surprised we didn't say Seth. Uh, Squirtle Seth from Signals at the Frontline was the worst player. Uh, we didn't say that because he's not the worst player. He's just the worst person. And there, there's a yeah, big there difference. Is a different, yeah, different. Yeah, different. John, it's it's actually Seth the Squirtle. That's the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Any day now he'll evolve. But as an orc player, uh, it's so cool. Yeah, you don't want to see uh, him well, when he gets up to Wardle. Yeah. War Turtle feels pretty orky, yeah. Oh, no, he's never going to be a War Turtle. Squirtle life. Squirtle for life. Um, please, please make sure to point out. Uh, you should absolutely watch Signals from the Frontline every Wednesday live on the Frontline Gaming Network. They are I make sure it. to give Squirtle Seth, or Seth the Squirtle, uh, all of the support he needs to maybe one Actually, guys, I think the best way you can thank Squirtle Seth is to get very light, very open cell foam balls and paint them red with a black line. And, throw, and, throw. and when he's at a tournament, maybe at a really <laughs> high tension point, no, not at a high tension point, either, but maybe while he's eating lunch, like midway into yeah. a sandwich. Yeah. Like Whoa. just back of the head. Yeah. And even yeah. cheaper than that, get a racquetball. Like, no, get a racquetball, no. paint some black on it. Just uh, no, no, throw no, it okay. as hard as My you can at Seth. was fun and harmless. Danny, you're you're gonna be a lawyer soon. You're gonna you're you're gonna learn. <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, we're gonna make sure we're gonna clear it with our legal department. So Danny, pay attention to this. But but by LVO, we're gonna make Squirtle Seth a thing. We're gonna come with official branded, uh, but legally distinct uh, catching balls, not pokeballs, uh, and then come collect them from Danny or I, and just throw them at Seth and attempt to catch him. Oh, perfect, perfect. And uh, please don't try and replicate or do any of the things that we're discussing to anyone in any fashion no. ever. No, no, just that. Yeah, and absolutely <laughs> delete any actual like text-based communication we have of, of yeah. that for you. Yeah. Hey, you play 40K? Let's talk about 40K. That sounds okay. like a good idea. You know, um, I've heard of that yeah. game. I, I hear it's pretty good. You know, I hear I it's mean, pretty I, good. Yeah. You started with Grey Knights. I did. Why? Because the models looked <laughs> rad. That's it. Cool. Moving like on. That's a, that's a great answer. Like, if there's that's one the best answer people, to play an army. If there's one thing I tell people, don't play an army you don't like the models for. It's just not worth yeah. it. Like, I there's a reason I've never once played Eldar, and it's not because I couldn't play them or they aren't they aren't broken at times. It's because I can't stand the models. Not they they look fine. They look heinous to paint for me. With my nerve-damaged hand. I'm not judging anyone else. Just me. Send your hate mail to Danny. He deserves well, it. Well, there's 1.3 million Canadian dollars that say they're going to be easier to paint soon. Uh, oh, that, that's all we're going to say. Please refund my Kickstarter and send me a review copy. Um, <laughs> can I get in on that? <laughs> Please, yeah. Refund I'll all I'll review things. things. Yeah. Well, well, we'll do it that way. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, so like, you're, you're totally right, though. Like, uh... I think for a while I did the try to be a try hard thing. I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this and do this. But like, I could never build my, like bring myself to actually paint it or, or build it or, or model it there. Um, yep. I've been there. What I, was it about the aesthetic? Was it just kind of like the little cool goldie bits that go through the silver or the like 
the fact they have like the weird halberds or things like you said you just, you I, 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 so i like the halberds i like that they had swords that looked like they were proportioned for a superhuman um yeah. i like i i i just kind of dug the whole look of them uh i was never allowed to buy a land raider as a child because again uh ark and land was not yeah. a, a person yeah. in your household yeah but but so I, I deeply wanted a Land Raider. I remember when that kit came out and my buddy getting it and him building it and being so jealous of him. So the Stark Collecting Kit or the, the, the big box for Grey Knights had like a squad of Terminators, a bunch of dudes, some characters, and a Land Raider. And I was like, that's great. I'll take three. And I, I, I've assembled one of those Land Raiders. Um, yep. But I wanted what? it. <laughs> Danny, that that reminds me of the the Land Raider, the 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 Mitch found. Do you remember oh, yeah. that one? The Thick Raider. Oh yeah, the Double Stuff Raider. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It's just I, um, two Land Raiders glued together. Well, it's amazing. It's very, very in like 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 very detailed and like carefully glued together, so they actually look like yeah. a vehicle. But it has when you say it like that, it sounds stupid, Danny. It's a uh, Thick Raider. <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's Thick just... Raider. Um, it, it, it is my new Space Wolves Mastodon counts as, basically. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. It, it's the right isn't size. It, and Isn't it thick the wrong way, though? No, I, I play it sideways. <laughs> oh, sideways. okay. It just, if like, or sidles up the board. <laughs> yeah. Or you just buy two more Land Raiders and make it the Thick Long Raider. <laughs> No, just me. That's fair. That's that's my We don't want to go thicker. We want to we want to go girthier. The other way. We want to go the other way on it. So <laughs> oh, we're going to so go stack higher. Two on top yep, of them. yep. Exactly. Yeah, girth Raider. Okay. I like the double that stack one. Girth Raider. <laughs> Triple thick. Uh, chat referring or, or Peter Falcon actually referring to Land Raiders as the meth of forty k. They which is a very con- it's a very confusing reference to me that I don't quite understand. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to agree Much with it like blindly, Peter. like, like many people do. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, a lot, say, of, buddy. a lot of the hatred in the chat for the baby carrier or the Dreadnought, which I've made oh. fun of on the show before. Yeah. Um, but now after assembling four of them for uh, in the past month for reasons I'm not going to go into, uh, I actually love that model now. That's rough. Try uh, hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said I wasn't going to go into it, though. Uh, it's a really cool model to assemble, actually. Uh, I own six. Um, five that are actual and one Dreamforge, like their little mini knight thing. I love oh, that Oh, is thing. that the ugly one where it just looks like it has like the giant <laughs> shoulders and the big head? It, like, has an, it has a sword that is an Inquisition eye. That is the entire res- reason I bought it. Is it has a like a a, a, a gigantic Inquisition eye sword, and I'm like, well, that guy's got to be in my Inquisition detachment. Like, how can he not be? Um, no, it's actually a really cool, very well, like like every single joint moves. It's all completely articulated. All it's a very cool model. They don't make it anymore, but the reason for that. I'm going to disagree yeah. with you in the fact that it's a super cool model. Is that, uh, and then again, we're just to, to localize this even <laughs> God, further. John, is that the one Miller has, Danny? I I don't know, but dude, like, Does don't he... come on here and like, you're, my guest, our guest is like, hey, I really like this model. And you're like, oh, is that the ugly one? <laughs> I mean, one, it's not Black Templars, and I have to expand the shtick past just that there. But yeah, it's, ooh, 
But anyway, yeah, the dread night. Please continue. You're right. <laughs> no, I'm so, no longer going to. I'm going to take a step back, Danny. You 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 take this away, so I stop. Real quick, real quick. On the third when party when is Adam Camilleri going to be here during the the Black Templar shtick? Because that's important. I need to. I want to watch that one live. Oh, a, a oh. Bit about how he has bad opinions about some things. Sure, bring him on and talk to his face about that. I just want to watch it. I don't care what happens. The bit it's doesn't work if people throw facts back at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's going to be a hundred percent unchallenged uh, things. I, I, Only ever. I want to make so many jokes, but they're all political, so I'm just going to steer away from that. And we'll just keep perfect. On going. Yeah, thank you. We we love that here. Uh, Steer away from political jokes. Yes, agreed. Yeah, so, this yeah. is Danny. You like made the most joke earlier, which we're not going to go back to. It's fine. Man. <laughs> this is derailed so yeah. hard. I love yeah. this. I know. Hey, Dread. look, Dread, Dread, Dread nights are great, Mitch. Yeah. So you have how many Dread nights? Did you say ten? I own six. Oh, okay. That's much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the correct amount of dread nights thank you i mean that's uh, the most you can take so yeah that's a pretty good number i think so i took six dread nights to one of colin's uh invite only rtts that he does at his house uh -huh. and it uh slapped surprisingly hard yeah uh i lost hard to dark eldar and just because i didn't have i just didn't quite have enough durability in bodies and it, you know they, it, but it was a really interesting list and I'm like okay there's something here so I had already signed up for the Harbor Heresy because I wasn't going to be able to make it to the Las Vegas team tournament due to just life. Uh, but I, so I'm like, okay, I know for a fact I'm going to be in a forklift, like moving all of my lumber and reorganizing my wood shop for three days before this. I am not going to want to bend over a lot. And this isn't a metaphor, by the way, or anything disgusting. It's actual fact. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. That's Just all. Just please take this at face value, guys. At yep. Face value. Yep. Taking his wood out of the wood shop and having a sore back is just entirely. Had to some, some racking. Um, so <laughs> I could have said shelving. I went for racking. I, I, that was yeah. for you, John. It's pretty nice. Uh, it's nice rack. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, no. So I'm like, okay, I could bring my 120 model Skatari army that I know is amazing and is more or less almost exactly what Danny will be running. Or I could not move 120 models and have to organize 120 models every game. And I could bring nine models and I could bring a jet bike, uh, shield captain, three Talamon and five dread knights and a chaplain. And that my, or four dread knights and a chaplain. Sorry. We're getting ahead of ourselves. And that, my friends, was the correct choice. And that's what oh I Oh, my did. gosh. Why? Well, it made you, uh, apart from, like, yeah, it's nine models. Like, Danny, like, what was your, like, you saw the list, I'm assuming, in action at some point in there. Yeah, I just was like, man, I really hope I don't have to play against this. <laughs> and when an Agnac player point? says that to you, it feels <laughs> good. <laughs> Ugh. Dislike that to. immensely. No, so, me too. Yeah, I mean, I could. There's, there's like a million rules that go into the list, but here are the highlights that are really important. You have one Grandmaster Dread Knight, three regular Dread Knight. They all have Psycan and Silencers and Swords. As a tradition, Do you put the teleporters on them too. They have teleporters. They have. They're. They are prescient brethren. There is also a chaplain there. The chaplain is there because I'm in a very chaos heavy meta, and Thousand Suns also just came out. So, and the, the Grey Knights Chaplain has ac access to a litany that you pick a Grey Knights unit, including Dread Knights. It's 
because Dread Knights have core, and he is immune to all enemy psychic powers, period. End of sentence, nothing else. You cannot stop it. This is what happened. So for the Thousand Suns matchup, I I, I wanted that, and I really wanted to try it. Um, As it turns out, my first matchup was against Grey Knights, so it was still good. (laughs) Um, uh, It's really good in the mirror, too. So... But the 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 basic idea is everything in the army has a two up invo or a two up armor and a four up invo, um, except for the dread knight grandmaster who can have a three up invo for a turn and the shield captain on jet bike who has a three up invo all the time. Oh, um, what a turd! Yeah, yeah. That he actually awesome. why he, are he you act- the way you are? He actually was the dead weight in the list and is getting axed. So. Um. <laughs> But uh, no, so the, the idea is everything in my army is one thing. There's one profile that you really have to deal with. Sure, some, some of it's T6, some of it's T8, but all of it yeah. participates in every phase. I mean, the Telamon, the Custodes don't participate in the Psychic phase, but outside of that, every model participates in every phase. And you want to know what happens when you send set three Telamon and four Dread Knights across from someone? They hide everything. And People when you start hide, complaining about like Forge World and, and how it shouldn't be allowed at events. And when you hide everything, my Telemon <laughs> just advance into the midfield and take the mid table because they move eight. And so on an average advance, they're going 12. They're in the middle of the table, which means next turn they're hitting you. And now you've given me a whole turn of free movement where I didn't have to worry about things. So it's, it's a, it's a really simple list that, hits incredibly hard i um um i i got a drakari player down to five cabalites um and Ooh, from nine models you monster yep. yeah uh and uh i i te- uh i i lost to him by 10 however that person was then ejected from the event for cheating so who knows uh so you as a judge were you just like you lost to this person and you're like you know what the red <laughs> you from this event yeah you're, that, you're gone. that is not allowed I'm sorry uh, <laughs> uh, no it was it was from multiple opponents and it was the main thing was it was on a 4k stream for someone else oh so you know that that kind of makes it pretty uh when it comes the to that kind of, of the Pacific Northwest yeah so, but, just but no, the, the, um, and then the other loss I had, I went three and two. Um, the other loss I had was just, it was teething issues with the list. I hadn't played it yet. Now that I've played it, it was a salamanders list that was just like perfect mm. for killing vehicles. And I'm like, oh, I just needed to have taken different secondaries, sat in my, my deployment zone and made you come to me. I went to you and that was the wrong move. After that, it's fine. So, and did you yellow card that person for beating you? No, no, no. He's a nice guy. He's from the Portland scene, which is uh, becoming really, really good, in, in, which is awesome. I'm very excited for uh, Portland. Awesome. Port, uh, when I, before I uh, was injured when I was playing back then, Portland only had like semi-competitive tournaments. They'd have like weird extra rules like for each table and all kinds of different stuff, which was fine. It was fun, but like it didn't cultivate a very competitive scene. Now you've got people like Tanner Herbert. You've got uh, you you know for a fact that our editor, who's an amazing person, will edit that so you say Herbert. Uh, that's fine. He, it's it'll it's be a your, level of it, it'll be your voice saying it, so I like it. 
Um, saying what? It'll be your voice saying that word because I'm not going to give him the, the, the audio. Clip. I tried, Tyler. I tried. Tyler is another one of those players. Amazing, amazing hive mind player. Uh, we've got Lucas for orcs. Like, um, and then um, Harry uh, with salamanders. Phenomenal, like really, really good technical player. So like Port the Portland scene is coming up and that's really cool to see for Oregon because outside of like Bend, there hadn't mm -hmm. necessarily been a, a, like a huge amount of like tournament events. Um, Portland certainly has them, but again, like semi-casual. You ready for one of my smooth transitions again, Danny, by the way? I want yeah, I'm ready. I'm glad that you hey. had to announce it first. That's going to make it real that's smooth. That's what made it the smoothest. It's, it's, it's what makes it. It's so smooth. That it, you can announce it and it's still going to be smooth. Hey, Mitch, you're on a podcast. Sorry, my mic. I, I thought I hit it to stop muting. Um, it did not. Oh, yes, I, yes, I am very much. So. I, I love. Thank you for the assist to make it even smoother and <laughs> even less awkward by just really no selling that, Danny. I think that's the third time today, and and I appreciate that <laughs> because it really does. So we don't show. edit best in faction. I, I don't have any of the skills prereq like the prerequisite skills to know how an editor would do things. That's the problem. What happens is I say, "Hey," it, it, jokingly during the podcast, "Hey Tyler, fix this," or "We'll fix this in post." And I get irritated messages at eleven o'clock at night, being like, "Did you really want me to fix this?" And I'm like, <laughs> They're like, like Tyler, that's amazing. They're super oh, passive hilarious. aggressive. Like, are you yeah. are you kidding me right now? <laughs> that's amazing. And then, yeah, nine times out of ten, I'm like, no. And then the one time he doesn't ask, I'm like, why didn't you edit that? It's a, it's a phenomenal hate aid relationship that we have going on here. That's great. Yeah. Best in Faction uh, came out of kind of that Pacific Northwest uh, uh, kind of coal mine, trying to form diamonds of players. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so I started playing competitively in Boise and then moved to Seattle um, due to like family stuff and just trying to help help, help out a family member in need. And I was like, okay, well I got to play and I'm in Everett. So Mugu is where you play in Everett at the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I got connected up with the Mugu Legion, which eventually became the Legion. And I started playing and it was one of those things. So like the, the way you get into the Legion was they, the, you challenge, right. And, and the mm -hmm. opponent gets to pick the mission, the terrain, like everything um and they get to see your list first and so they get to try it they, they want to make it as hard as possible to get in this was the old way this is not how we do it now um and i got in the first try um which really upset my opponent <laughs> i was gonna say how annoyed was your opponent because i'm sure he brought he brought triptide and invisible <laughs> and in, in invis drop pod centurion grav bomb like everything he could to screw me up and one Wolfen squad decided, you know what? We don't fail three ups and we're going to kill everything. So, because there's some level of arrogance nice. that comes, be like, hey, I tailor to your list. Uh, this is the mission we're playing. This is the table we're playing on. Yeah. Let's go. Come beat me. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, it was, it was really gratifying for me, but it was also the kind of thing of, I had been playing a lot in an entirely different meta, so all of my moves were mm -hmm. different from what they were used to. This is before 40k was really like outside of Daka Daka, right? Like 40k wasn't really that discussed. So 
Sorry, I feel like taking a shower now after. Well, I mean, (laughs) I I get that. But no, the the meta back in seventh was so combo oriented and so brutal. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't look back and go like, oh, those were great rules. But I do look back and go, oh, that made me a better player. And that made me like, like that made me, I was playing against Yanari, like, like seventh edition full on, like we move every time something dies, Yanari with space wolves and beating them. And I'm like that, that taught me a whole bunch about my, about the game, about how I play that I, I never would have gotten all those little like diamonds of information out if I didn't have to dig so deep. And so I think that there's a real value to playing, I'm not saying like the worst factions, but factions that are maybe the underdog in a meta that doesn't favor them and figuring out everything you can get out of it. Does that mean you win every turn you go to? Absolutely not. But it's not about that. It's about growing as a player and growing the ability to understand the depth of the game. And the only way you most people find the depth in the game is when they have to plumb for it because they have no other option. And so you have to put yourself, be willing to be in that situation to 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 get there sure no yeah so i was just like yeah that that's totally right um so that's i, I really spoke of... to john there guys sorry i, I knew so that's me a little hard because yeah i am um, to do it choose terrible armies are uh, you right, crying right, john I, I am it's <laughs> it's, okay. it's a beautiful thing Thank God no. this low-res camera can't prove you wrong, Danny. <laughs> yeah, I, I know at this point right now. Yeah, no, the, I mean, you're playing Grey Knights now, so you're definitely not playing a subpar army anymore. No, no, I have a lot of fun with it, too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so, yeah. Grey Knights is the most 7th edition army um, in ninth edition, and I don't mean that as a slam. I mean that in the, 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 the casting multiple powers. It's a bunch of returns mm-hmm. to old mechanics that used to be in the game that aren't in the game otherwise. So that's really cool, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing to give to a like super elite faction. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you you gave this person your list. They tailored the mission. They they tailored the table to you. Yep. That person, obviously, Colin Sherman, the host of the no, no, he podcast, wasn't even a member yet. Who who, <laughs> who, uh, who you are a member of there? Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. You said so far. You, you mentioned you so, don't edit so, the podcast. So. I, so th- this ties right into that. So I joined the Legion. I meet Chuck, and I and I have this urge to talk more about 40k because I'm listening to Chapter Tactics, and I'm like, I love you, Pablo, but this is not the the content I want. This is I want I want more in depth. I want less like surface level, less glo- like like just mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, I want I want the meat, and no one's talking about about like this this really complex level of interactions that are happening at the time and eighth has just come out and everyone's excited there was no thursday show back then available every thursday on the frontline gaming network to get you to the meat of that stuff that's true oh our host shill shillington (laughs) has joined us um man what happened to the guy with the invisible shirt (laughs) i don't know i think he got fired you guys are, are really making all my terrible jokes even better by acknowledging their, their awfulness, I have to say. I, I oh. love your terrible jokes, and I'm trying to help. Um, I'm trying, oh, I just, no, I am help crying. Me, help you. Help me help you. That's all I'm trying to do here. But no, so... Um, all right, my no, work I, is done for I, this episode, then. I, I, I made John cry. Colin um, links up back up with Chuck because they'd known each other um, when they were much younger. 
he joins the Legion and we hit it off and we start this podcast where it's just us talking about going to tournaments and every single game is this intense breakdown of like what we did right, what we did wrong, how our combos work. Cause I'm like all, what I want to happen is that when I go to a tournament, people understand the combos I'm using and I don't have to spend 20 minutes explaining everything and showing them all of the rules. That was genuinely part of my motivation was just like, a podcast needs to educate people on the nuances of these rules because the meta is constantly changing and all of this stuff exists and they keep getting gotcha and that's not fun for anyone. Let's make it accessible. Let's let everyone get gotcha so no one does. Everyone. Yep. Everyone. Yeah. So we're, we're blinking gotcha. twice for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, that's... Uh, yeah, but so... Best in Faction is hands down one of the best competitive podcasts that has has ever existed. Well, thank um, you. Coming from you, that means a lot. And so, like, if it come from John, the, it means less. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I didn't say anything. But the way but like, the way that you guys break down right. games is hugely important, and I think that that's probably one of the things that you guys do the best. Um, in addition to like some of the newer thing, the newer segments that you've done, like. Better Human, Better 40K is also really excellent. Sure. Um, and so how do you guys, do you have like a, like a best infection meeting where you guys come up with ideas or we have you a, just... uh, a planning chat that like, okay. so if we have an idea, like the faction focuses were my idea. Um, when like the, the, the release pace for ninth was, was, was back on track before COVID, it was like, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, okay, Chuck, you take all of chaos and orcs and you know, anything else you play, Colin, you're, you're all of other Xenos. I've got Imperium. Let's do it. Like we're going to give everyone all of the meta insight. And then COVID happened. We're like, oh, cool. We can't play games. Um, yeah. this is what we think is good. Right. Uh, but no, it, so the, like the better human, better 40 K thing, I think comes from the fact that. Chuck, Colin, and I all use this hobby as a form of, you know, not only recreation, but a way of improving ourselves. You know, when you're at work, you're, you're, you're focused on the task and, and you know, mm -hmm. the productivity. 40K is this thing we choose to compete in and we want to be good at. So improving ourselves as players, sportsmen, like tacticians, you know, any uh, hobbyists, like not that Chuck needs any help there, but Colin and I have been working on it. Um like that, that is like, that is a really important part of what we're doing. Um, the best in mm -hmm. faction name came from, um, in the 2018 or 2017 season, technically for the 2018 LDO, I won uh, best in faction for Imperial guard and space wolves in the same season. Wow. And that was when you were the judge. That's awesome. That, right. No, that was, that was, that was the year before <laughs> year before. Um, I, um, and, and the reason I won Imperial guard is because Brandon Grant brought dark angels back then. They were the new hotness, um, um, to, to LVO. So I was able to, I brought guard to LVO. I already had space holes on, on pretty much lockdown and I was able to beat him by one and a half points. So very, very small, um, margin there, but, that was the, that was the idea though was to to like we didn't want it to be mm -hmm. be the best in the ITC we wanted it to be attainable best in faction seemed like the most attainable like goal you could have as a player that like obviously everyone's not going to get it but you can definitely work towards that and you could definitely place in the top 3 lots of people can be in the top 3 of different best in factions and so it created this space for 
like achieving without setting unrealistic expectations, which I think is another issue um, in the hobby. It's very easy to get hyped on your list and, Oh, I could, how could I lose? Right? Like, like what could right. ever beat me? And then, and then you get slammed by something you never thought of. You, no one like is the best all the time. You know, there's, there's ebbs and flows, there's rises mm-hmm. and falls. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how it is in every other competitive you know, like sport or tournament or hobby or game, like there people, you hit peaks and, and, you know, and then those people eventually get busy with their lives or they decide to do something else or they lose their edge or younger talent prevails because they just Mm -hmm. have more free time, which is the main thing I think. Um, But that's just the cycle of things. And we wanted to have this kind of evergreen discussion point of Mm -hmm. what, what is, what is in the meta and why is it working and how can we make that accessible to people? Um, And then it evolved from there to, again, our player journeys, sportsmanship and like all of those things, because that was just what we were doing at the time. And it made sense. And like the hobby track coincided with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Colin, Colin's wife, uh, Stephanie was, painting his armies and they were competing really hard for the the first year of the hobby track and they placed really high and they, you know, like the, the, there were all these different aspects, but the main thing is we just wanted actual play by play breakdowns that you couldn't get anywhere else in 48. You had to watch a whole game right. to get everything important that happened. And we're like, there has to be a better way. And yeah. we, we found it. And then like everyone uses it now, which is fine. Like that's the best compliment ever. I'm not saying it in a negative way, but at the time when it first happened, we we're like, Oh, okay. I guess this is just what people do now. Fair enough. It was a good idea. It's not like you can keep a good idea, secret and entertainment. This is the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and still super entertaining to this day. Right, Danny. Yeah. Well, you guys are able to distill. Like that one, you know, that one moment, right, where the game kind of turns into, you know, a statement rather than just having it be like you have to watch an entire battle report and then try and figure that out. And you guys kind of, I don't want to say spoon feed it, but you let people know like, okay, the game was, you know, close until this happened and then it wasn't. And I think that's a really valuable tool for people to kind of understand some of those turning points, which are really important too. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I I think that it's it's everyone wants to have the tournament experience, but obviously we can't go to all the tournaments. And when you can break it down in a way where people can kind of get that play by play of like these were the turning points and this is how it happened. No one is getting like, oh, this is just like I'm at the game or I'm playing it, but they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is like I'm watching the game or I can imagine what happened and I'm gaining information from it. And like so many of us, and I, I certainly know for me, like through my 40k career, like my free time has just gotten less, 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 less. Right? Like there's no, there's been zero increase in that in that quadrant. It's only like narrowed. So finding ways I can gain more information and insight in a time efficient fashion has just been useful to me, and that's yeah. what we really wanted to bring with the podcast. Yeah, and you guys Smart. definitely do. Well, thank uh, you. And then. I, I hate we also guys run are. the mob rules patreon discord so that's pretty cool you absolutely do <laughs> i love you for that but as Thank the spell guide says we definitely can mention the mob rules podcast or youtube channel uh, or patreon uh, we're a good podcast or fan um i hate to cut you off danny i hate to cut you off 
This is an amazing discussion. I, I, we're definitely going to have you back sometime in the future to kind of continue with this here. Um, but as uh, time flows differently in Canada, so does our producer's slow descent to zombiehood. Uh, so we are going to pure wrap madness. up here. Uh, pure and utter madness. Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. Be sure to check out the Best in Faction podcast. It is a super amazing podcast uh, where there is a lot of value there. And I will certainly be picking Mitch's brains about how to play Grey Knights, hopefully not without having to buy $500 of Forge World models. That is the hope. Um, <laughs> it's only gosh, $360. That is that, oh, that's so much better. Um, next <laughs> week, exclusively, Grim After Dark. Uh, the lore bros are back. Uh, Taylor and Tanor are going to be here talking about Black <laughs> Legion. Oh, and I'm excited ta uh, Taylor's Hi. favorite character, uh, Kaon, comes back in uh, to, to discuss this more. So we're excited to have Taylor back. We're excited to have Tanner back. Uh, we're going to go deep into the second. And from what the gap is telling me, the final book, uh, because God knows there's been no speak of the third one so far uh, in the Black Legion series. Uh, so we are excited for that, uh, for, for Mitch, for Danny. We will see you next Tuesday, probably, maybe. Yeah, 